Good morning. It's a Monday. And time again for Kale and Company Live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com. Around the world, around the clock, you can listen to NHTalkRadio.com and get the latest from WKXL, Bloomberg Radio, all the other great programming we have on the station as well. Kale and Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and you can find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. And before I do anything else this morning, I want to wish a very happy birthday to a WKXL legend, a gentleman who spent, I'm guessing, in excess of uh, 30 years uh, here at this radio station and uh, meant so much to the community. Jim Janot is celebrating a birthday today. We won't disclose which birthday uh, Jim is celebrating, but uh, Jim is uh, having a birthday today. So if you happen to see Jim or if you're a Facebook friend of Jim's, uh, certainly wish him a happy birthday. He did so much for WKXL uh, over the years, uh, he was involved in the sales end of it, uh, in sports and in news. He did it all. A many-time New Hampshire sportscaster of the year. Too numerous to count. Jim has so many plaques uh, and uh, so many awards richly deserved. And many of you may not know him from his WKXL days, but uh, he went on to do the uh, Granite State Challenge on New Hampshire Public Television and did that for many years. In fact, I think he succeeded, if I'm not mistaken on this, I think Jim Janot succeeded Tom Bergeron in hosting Granite State Challenge. If somebody you know wants to correct me on that, uh, you can do it, 603-224-1450, 603-224-1450, but uh, Jim Janot celebrating a birthday today, and uh, Jim is just one Terrific guy. I, I think I first met him covering a, a state amateur golf tournament uh, in New Hampshire, uh, somewhere in the White Mountains. And, uh, of course, the golf course was not uh, in the mountain range, uh, but it was close. Uh, at any rate, happy birthday, Jim Janot. Well, as uh, probably uh, most of you know by now, if you care about it, you know about it. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs are heading to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks, February 12th. Eagles uh, down the 49ers 31-7. Kansas City used a a 45-yard field goal by Harrison Butker with three seconds remaining in regulation to uh, move on to the Super Bowl. Now that field goal came after Bengals defensive end Joseph Osai pushed Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes into the Cincinnati bench in the closing seconds of the game, after Mahomes was already out of bounds. That was a personal foul, unnecessary roughness. It cost Cincinnati 15 yards, and the Butker field goal was 45. Would he have made a 60? Who knows? I mean, Butker is a very good kicker, but that extra 15 yards that he got as a result of that uh, penalty to Osai uh, made all the difference. And uh, field goal was good. 
Kansas City moves on to the Super Bowl, and Cincinnati goes home. They were in the Super Bowl uh, last year, of course, and lost to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Osai, the uh, player who committed that personal foul, spent any number of minutes uh, on the bench after the game with his head buried almost between his legs, and he was being consoled by a couple of teammates for his costly mistake that uh, led Kansas City to the win. First game of the day, very bizarre game because it should have really been uh, a lot closer game than you know the final score uh, indicated. Thirty-one to seventeen was the the final score. Or Thirty-one to seven, I should say. Thirty-one to seven was the the final score in the Philadelphia 49ers game with Philadelphia coming out on top. 49ers third string quarterback Brock Purdy, who had been playing very well. Uh, in the latter half of the uh, the regular season and then uh, in the postseason, Brock Purdy suffered an elbow injury early in the game. Uh, he was relieved by the fourth stringer, Josh Johnson, journeyman quarterback, who's played for 14 or 15 teams in the NFL. And he ultimately had to leave with a concussion. So they lost two quarterbacks, and uh, late in the game, uh, Purdy returned, starting quarterback, but couldn't pass. All he could do was hand off and maybe throw a three- or four-yard pass downfield, and that was about it. And so ultimately, uh, running back Christian McCaffrey wound up taking some snaps at quarterback for the 49ers. But at that point, uh, the game had been lost. It was a 31-7 victory. For the Eagles, should have been a lot closer game uh, than it was, but the breaks did not go uh, San Francisco's way in terms of uh, having quarterbacks be able to stay healthy on the field. So, at any rate, uh, that was that, and uh, we now have our matchup, Kansas City and Philadelphia. The Eagles and the Chiefs heading toward the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. Probably... The, the most controversial game of the weekend took place at the TD Garden on Saturday night. Celtics beat the Lakers, nationally televised game on ABC Saturday night, 125-125-121, and nationally televised game, highly controversial game as it appeared not only did it appear, I mean, folks, it happened. LeBron James was fouled by Jason Tatum at the end of regulation time. However, as clear as the foul may have been to those millions that were watching and uh, those at the Garden, no matter how clear it might have been, it was not called. The foul was not called, and the game went into overtime. Now, before the overtime, before the overtime, Patrick Beverly of the Lakers took out a video camera from the bench to one of the officials to show that he had the evidence that the foul was committed. He held up the camera to the official, pointed at the camera and said, there it is, see it right there, LeBron was fouled. And immediately, the referee teed him up. 
Patrick Beverly was assessed a technical foul, as he should have been uh, for that. And at the start of overtime, uh, Jason Tatum went to the line, shot the technical foul, and made it. And uh, the Celtics did go on to win, 125-121. to But uh, the fallout, this is from ESPN, the fallout from the Lakers' overtime loss to the Celtics Saturday continued Sunday with a statement from the National Basketball Referees Association on its official Twitter account. The union wrote in its tweet, and I quote, Like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut-wrenching for us. This play will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees that we can be, end quote. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we had Bob Delaney on last week. Uh, we were talking about something else. We were talking about uh, PTS, post-traumatic stress. Uh, we did talk a little bit about the NBA, but for 25 years, Bob Delaney was an NBA referee and a good one, very good one. Uh, but now uh, they issued this statement. Now, you know, if they... If they issued tweets on every call that they missed, that's all they'd be doing. I mean, there are missed calls all the time. But this one happened to involve involve, involve LeBron James, and LeBron threw a temper tantrum like you would not believe. He went down to his knees, put his head to the court, right in the paint, right in the, in the lane, right where Bill Russell's number six is located. Maybe he did that on purpose right there. Went down on his hands and knees. He couldn't believe it he, that they missed a foul on him. Yeah, you know, fouls are missed all the time. Celtics, uh, you know, should have been going to the line last week against the Knicks at the end of the game, but that foul was missed. Nobody made a huge deal out of that one. But because it was LeBron James, there's all kinds of furor about this. But it'll die down. And and you know what, LeBron. If, if he was so concerned about, you know, you know, losing that game on, uh, and, and by that, at that point when he threw the tent from, they hadn't lost yet, but they did lose in overtime. But if he's so concerned about losing games, why doesn't he play in every game? Like tonight, Lakers will be playing at Brooklyn. Anthony Davis and LeBron James will be watching from the sidelines. They're taking the night off in Brooklyn, where the game has been sold out for months with the Lakers coming in. And the two stars they want to see from the Lakers are on the bench. Yeah, I have no sympathy for LeBron. No sympathy whatsoever for LeBron James. And he traveled, too, on that play if they had the chance to replay it. All right, we'll take a break. Gale and Company continues. We'll talk about other things on this Monday morning where Aaron and out. John Leahy will be with us to talk Hockey East a little bit later on in the show. Kalen Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We will be right back. Kalen Company live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com. It's going back to that uh, very controversial Celtics-Lakers game. Saturday night, national TV. Anthony Davis, Lakers forward, said, We got cheated tonight. Honestly, it's unacceptable. That's what he said after the game. Anthony Davis, who uh, many have called in his career 
street clothes because he shows up on the bench more often than not in street clothes rather than his uniform because he get, plays about maybe half the games if, uh, if the Lakers are lucky. Uh, the NBA has uh, not released its last two minutes report for the game. They issue these uh, last two minute reports. Uh, however, Lakers coach Darvin Ham said the league can save itself the effort. He said, Ham said, I don't want to see another two minute report. They can save that. It does no one any good. End quote. Saturday's game marked at least the fourth time in recent weeks that the Lakers believed a late game call went against them in what became a loss. LeBron James says, I don't see it happening to nobody else. It's just weird, end quote, said LeBron James, who will also be in street clothes tonight in Brooklyn. So that sellout crowd at Barclays Center who paid top dollar, and I mean top dollar, to see the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving, take on LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the others from the Lakers, they will not see Anthony Davis or LeBron James. I bet if I went on uh, uh, Ticketmaster right now or StubHub, uh, you would find that uh, tickets have been severely reduced for that game because LeBron will not be playing tonight. I believe he will play tomorrow night against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, but not tonight against the Nets at Barclays Center, and they had yesterday off. I mean, the Lakers had yesterday off. He could have rested then. But So if he's really that concerned about winning, you know, you'd play more. That's That would buy, be my recommendation. You play more. Play more of the games. And, and same thing goes for Anthony Davis. And a lot of the superstars around the NBA who take a lot of time off and cheat the fans because, you know, the fans are paying top dollar to see the biggest stars in the league. And half the time they don't show up. It was a case last week in Cleveland uh, after the Celtics had beaten Golden State on a Thursday night. Uh, Golden State played in Cleveland the next night. No Steph Curry. No Clay Thompson. No Anthony Wiggins. Uh, and so, you know, they're missing three of their top players. They Cleveland won the game, so fans are happy about that. But, you know, fans plan these things, and they pay top dollar to see the superstars. And they expect to see them play if they're not legitimately hurt. If they're hurt, there's nothing you can do. But these guys take rest management days all the time. You never know who you're going to see, uh, you know, in the NBA, especially on a, in a road game. Uh, you know, um, they, they, I think, try to play most of the home games. Sometimes they even take those off. But, oh, man, I, I do feel badly for the fans of the Brooklyn Nets tonight who, uh, you know, paid, you know, some, in some cases, hundreds of dollars to see LeBron James on his way to breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time NBA scoring record. Not that he would do it tonight, but he's he's getting close. But he sits out, as does Anthony Davis, old street clothes himself. Well, at any rate, Bruins, well, they lost their third straight last night. Four to one at uh, Carolina. Bees still, though, have the best record in the NHL, 38-7-5. And uh, they will return home to take on, uh, I should say, they are in Toronto on uh, Wednesday night. That'll be another road game for the Bruins at 
Toronto on Wednesday night. You know, you never see that in hockey. I mean, if a player is not legitimately injured, hockey players will not sit out just to take a day of rest. Hockey players won't do that. And they're playing as many games as these NBA quote-unquote superstars. Hockey superstars are playing as many games. And uh, you won't see a hockey player sit out a game if he is not legitimately injured. You won't see that in the NHL. So if you pay top dollar to see uh, Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin or David Pasternak, most likely they are going to play. Unless, of course, they are injured, and you'd probably know that a little bit in advance uh, anyway. Uh, talking about uh, hockey, undefeated Concord High Crimson Tide hockey team beat Bedford. An exciting game on a Saturday at St. Anselm College. Tide will host Hanover tonight. You won't see that on your original schedule because that was a makeup game from uh, last Wednesday when we had some snow. That'll be tonight, 7.50 at the Everett Arena in a game rescheduled from uh, last Wednesday. Uh, what went off without a hitch was the uh, Winterfest in downtown Concord. They started the sculpting, the ice sculpting in front of the State House on Friday afternoon. I was there to see some of the sculpting that took place on Friday afternoon. That continued well into Friday night and into Saturday as well when the, uh, the sculptures were graded and, uh, and honored and shown on Channel 9. Well, I drove by the State House this morning on uh, my way to WKXL, and those sculptures are still standing. So if you want to take a look at them, if you didn't have a chance to see them uh, over the weekend, the sculptures are still there in front of the State House as of about uh, 45 minutes ago anyway. So uh, they are still there, and uh, those are just amazing to see these guys using these chainsaws and all kinds of, uh, all kinds of tools to, uh, to sculpt these uh, I- incredible, incredible uh, pieces of art, which are on the uh, State House, uh, in front of the State House right now. So if you have the opportunity, you might be driving by right now, listening to us. Uh, check them out. Uh, I don't know how much longer they will be there, but I do know for a fact that they were there like 45 minutes ago. So they are, are still still standing. They did not melt and uh, probably won't uh, for a while. In fact, I, I heard that uh, this coming Saturday, the high temperature is going to be like 10 degrees. We had a great weekend, though. I mean, weather-wise, it was a terrific uh, weekend, a chance to get out. Many of you, I'm sure, hit the slopes or uh, went skating, perhaps, yeah, uh, did some uh, outdoor activity. Uh, always uh, great at this time of the year. It means so much to our New Hampshire economy. And I guess I, we will have to declare that the New Hampshire primary is officially underway because former President Donald Trump showed up in Salem on Saturday morning and uh, kicked off his uh, 2024 White House bid with a stop before he headed to South Carolina, which uh, the Democrats, or at least many of them, want to see South Carolina as the first-in-the-nation primary state. Donald Trump, a staunch supporter 
of New Hampshire as the number one, the first in the nation primary state. So uh, President Trump on hand over the weekend at Salem High School. And as far as he's concerned, uh, the first in the nation primary should stay right here uh, in the Granite State. And I think uh, most of us agree with Trump uh, in that regard anyway. If you disagree with him on other things, I, I get it. I get it. But uh, not not in support of the first in the nation primary, which has been a New Hampshire staple for a hundred years, and let's hope it is for at least a hundred more. And uh, Donald Trump certainly in support of that, and and some Democrats are as well. Uh, there are some Democrats that are in support of keeping uh, the New Hampshire primary first in the nation. Uh, not our current president, however. He is not a supporter of keeping New Hampshire number one in terms of uh, uh, its place in the primary race. Uh, he is not in support of it at all. He is a uh, solid supporter of South Carolina because he uh, won that primary uh, after finishing fifth in New Hampshire. So no wonder. No wonder he doesn't want New Hampshire to be number one. I won't say any more. During this time, uh, during this uh, segment anyway, maybe a little later on I'll say something. However, we'll have John Leahy coming on soon talking about Hockey East, what took place uh, in uh, the nation's number one hockey league collegiately. We'll hear from John about 8.45 this morning. And uh, if you want to chime in, if you have any views, ideas, opinions that you would like to share, uh, give us a call. Cat will answer the phone. And uh, send it through to me at 603-224-1450. 603-224-1450. We'll take a break. Kale and Company will continue after these words. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com, including our great signal at 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond. Uh, I'd like to mention that our 1039 FM signal temporarily, and I stress temporarily, off the air in order to do some uh, repairs to our transmitter that sustained some serious damage during the uh, windstorm in uh, late December. And uh, you can find WKXL, of course, online, wherever you are, at nhtalkradio.com. We have listeners all over the place. And uh, 1450 on the AM dial, the signal that uh, has been around for about 77 years, and 101.9 FM. By the way, if you want to uh, get involved in some physical activity this morning, and I mean uh, right around the corner, about uh, 25 minutes from now, drop-in pickleball taking place at the uh, Green Street Community Center in Concord, 39 Green Street. And that's uh, from uh, 9 to noon today. And uh, also uh, tomorrow from 11 a.m. Uh, to 2 p.m., drop-in pickleball at the uh, Citywide Community Center Gym, 14 Canterbury Road in Concord. Today at Green Street, at uh, 39 Green Street, right near the police headquarters. And uh, tomorrow... Right off Loudon Road on uh, Canterbury Road, 
from 11 to 2. Drop-in pickleball for everyone. I don't believe uh, registration is required, but if you have the urge to play pickleball, as so many people are these days, uh, check it out and, uh, and get involved. Great way to exercise. In fact, uh, WMUR's uh, Jamie Staten told me recently when uh, I met him, uh, he said that uh, he has lost like 25 to 30 pounds. I mean, I never thought he was, uh, you know, an overweight person to begin with. Uh, but, you know, TV does have a tendency to put on a little weight, they say, 10 to 15 pounds. But I never saw Jamie. He's certainly an obese person by any stretch of the imagination. But he said he's taken off uh, 25 to 30 pounds playing pickleball. So maybe you can, too, if you are in, in need of losing a few pounds or or just, you know, getting in shape or you know, having some physical activity. It's a lot of fun uh, to play pickleball, and so many people are. I bet you'll find people there that uh, you haven't seen in years or make new friends. So uh, Trump was back uh, in town, as it were, in Salem uh, on Saturday. Uh, front page article in uh, yesterday's Sunday Monitor. As the crowd applauded, former President Donald Trump, who gave the keynote speech Saturday at the annual GOP meeting in Salem, a former state party chairman was not, I say not, in attendance. And we're talking about Steve Dupree is among a, a list of prominent New Hampshire Republicans who say they choose, and I quote here, country over party when it comes to supporting Trump's quest for re-election. The path Trump creates for the party is one of aggression and division in the country, they say. Uh, instead, Dupree and others say it's time for a change. Uh, quoting uh, Mr. Dupree, who has done so much uh, for the city of Concord, he says uh, it's the direction of positive messaging like Ronald Reagan and Bush 41 used. It's about having a concrete platform that's consistent with traditional Republican principles. It's about speaking optimistically, not denigrating any group or any group of citizens. It's honoring the rule of law, end quote. That from uh, Steve Dupree, uh, former uh, state party chairman, Republican Party. Uh, Concord attorney Tom Rath and a former attorney general and a longtime GOP strategist. Well, Mr. Rath was uh, even more blunt than Steve Dupree. Tom Rath said, and I quote, I think we've got to rid ourselves with this disease and move forward and listen to what the electorate is telling us, end quote. Rath went on to say, that kind of extremism and sort of almost hero worship is not conducive to having a government that produces the results that benefit the way people live, end quote. And there are a lot of uh, Republicans or even former Republicans in, in some cases that would never support Donald Trump for a second presidency, uh, and we'll see how it plays out. I mean, uh, yesterday, uh, Governor Sununu was on CNN and uh, pretty much indicated that he is going to throw his hat into the presidential ring for 2024. Of course, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has uh, you know been talked about. He has not committed to running. He 
apparently is the uh, the most popular uh, Republican out there right now. But I think it's it's a I would I would have to say, and this is just my opinion. Uh, other people have voiced this same opinion. I still truly believe in my heart that Donald Trump would be president of the United States right now had it not been for COVID. I don't think it's anything that he said, anything that he did. He had, I, I think his four years as president were very successful. Now, COVID was none of his doing. Maybe people didn't like the way he handled COVID, but no one really knew what they were doing when we were hit with COVID. Even some of the great doctors of our day had no idea how to handle it. The message was, was changing daily when COVID first hit and well beyond. And, and Trump was the president at the time. And, you know, he called it the China virus, which, where did it come from? Yeah, it came from China. He was right. It was the China virus. I mean, we had a tremendous uh, uh, four years, aside from COVID. Yes, aside from COVID. Uh, our economy was great. Uh, gas prices were, you know, <laughs> not what they are today. Uh, that's for sure. And, you know, a wall was being built. Uh, we, we see our immigration, uh, our illegal immigration is totally out of control now under uh, this presidency. I mean, you can point to many things that Donald Trump did well. Does he rub people the wrong way or, or a lot of people the wrong way? Yes, of course he does. He does. It's him. That's his personality. You know, he lets you know where he stands. Some people don't like the truth. I think, uh, you know, there may be a you know, white lie here and there from, from Donald Trump. But you know what? You knew where he stood, right? You knew where he stood. He would answer questions. You could, how, how many times did we see him getting on the helicopter outside the White House and standing there for a half hour or an hour answering any questions that the media cared to throw at him? When was the last time that Joe Biden had a press conference and Joe Biden was in hiding during the, during the entire campaign? For 2020's uh, presidential election, the entire campaign, he was in the bunker, made very, very few appearances in public in the flesh. And when he did, very few showed up. Uh, it, it's a shame. I, I'm not saying there was any hanky panky. I'm not saying there was there was any uh, election fix, fixing or voting fraud or anything like that. I'm not, not going to go down that road. But I think the one reason, the one reason that Donald Trump is not president today is COVID. Nothing else. Everything else was going fine. And uh, he was the unfortunate one that happened to be in the White House at the time that COVID arrived. Right now, he's the only, the only official candidate. Chris Sununu uh, confirmed during a TV interview yesterday that he is considering running for president in 2024, so not big news there. Sununu appeared on CNN's State of the Union with Dana Bash, who brought up a UNH poll that had the governor at 4% among other Republican candidates, like Governor Ron DeSantis and uh, former President Trump. The Republican governor noted he was surprised he was on the poll at all. 
bash, asked Sununu if he had a deadline for when he'll officially announce his candidacy. And Sununu said, I really don't have a timeline. I'm spending a lot of time nationally trying to grow the party as Republicans. Talk to independents, talk to the next generation of potential Republican voters that uh, right now no one is really reaching out to, end quote. He went on to say he expects others will announce their respective candidacies this spring and summer. The governor also admitted DeSantis would win his state without a doubt. Meanwhile, Trump failed to impress a crowd he addressed in New Hampshire, according to Sununu. And, of course, uh, Sununu now in his fourth term as governor of the Granite State. So there you have it. That's the latest uh, political update. Will he or won't he run for president in 2024? We're, we're talking about uh, Chris Sununu. Well, John Leahy has not announced his candidacy for uh, president as, as yet. He may. Who knows? But he's coming up. He's standing by. He's going to be talking a little hockey east with us right after these words. Kale and Company continues right here. Although I do know John's going to make an appearance in New Hampshire soon, so I don't know what that indicates. We'll be back. More ahead on Kale and Company, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company Live for this Monday. A delight to have you along with us. And we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find out uh, what plan is right for you at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. As we get ready for the appearance of our good friend John Leahy to talk a little hockey east over the weekend. And uh, John is calling in. We'll be chatting with him uh, momentarily about the uh, events that took place in the men's and uh, women's hockey East action over the weekend. Uh, John, are you with us? No, guess not. Uh, so anyway, we will uh, we'll wait for John. Uh, can't, a new survey came out. The most obsessed lottery states. There's a lot of gambling that goes on in the state of New Hampshire. We're talking uh, DraftKings, which... Uh, Set a new record this past year, the fiscal year of uh, of 2022, and uh, Kino is going strong, and of course all the uh, megabucks and all those uh, those lottery games. So the most obsessed lottery states are in this order: West Virginia is number one, Wisconsin number two, Delaware number three, New Hampshire is ranked fourth in terms of the most obsessed lottery states in the country. Rhode Island, Maine, Massachusetts, and Vermont are all in the top ten. Ken, we have a special guest on the line. And I bet I know who it is. It is John Leahy, who will be making an appearance in New Hampshire one week from this Wednesday. John, good morning to you. And good morning. Uh, happy Monday to you all. Well, thank you, John, and... Uh, same to you. John will be at uh, Area 23 uh, in Concord one week from this Wednesday to uh, whip the crowd into a frenzy at Area 23, as he always does. And uh, everyone's invited to stop by and, and see John perform on the ukulele. And uh, saw some great local music on Saturday. Former 
Congressman Paul Hodes was performing at the Bank of New Hampshire stage uh, in Manchester. Did a great job with his uh, Blue Buddha Band. Great to see Eddie Raska uh, in action on the drums. Uh, Eddie is back and, and going strong. But John Leahy will be performing next Wednesday, free of charge, no cover charge, at uh, Area 23 in Concord. And, uh, John, you're probably uh, you know working on the set right now. As a matter of fact, uh, Ken, yeah, I was working on it over the weekend, and uh, I have some uh, I have some pretty incredible things planned. Uh, some songs that I've never played before on stage, songs also that everybody knows, and uh, it, it's going to be something special. And uh, I'm I'm getting revved up for it. And I also want to say that I usually make the trip up there every other month, but I am going to make two consecutive trips up there. I'm going to be there in March as well because I want to do some. I want to do some St. Patrick's Day music as well, so I'll, I'll be doing back-to-back months at the area. Wow. All right. An extra special treat. And uh, we look forward to it uh, every time that John appears at uh, Area 23 in, in Concord. Uh, we're going to send Kirk a bill, I think, for all the free advertising he gets. But uh, <laughs> at any rate, John will be there. And, uh, and, and, and you know, perhaps I, I heard from reliable sources that uh, we might have a guest uh, in the audience who uh, has never seen you perform, John. So uh, that's a possibility. So well, you know, uh, I'm excited for that. Um, you know, we we welcome everyone there. It's it's always a great time, and uh, for me, it's uh, it's just wonderful having the opportunity to play music for people. So I, I welcome the the opportunity. Well, and and we uh, love the opportunity you take to uh, come here, fly in at no expense. <laughs> and, uh, and and play for the crowd at the area. All right, so what happened uh, on the men's side of things uh, in Hockey East this weekend? Well, I was very impressed by Boston University, Ken. They swept uh, Boston College. We have a new leader on the men's side, BU, uh, now 13-4 and four in the conference, 19-6 overall. So uh, the Terriers right now, are a lock for the NCAA tournament. They're third in the pairwise overall. And they're the only hockey team right now uh, that is in great shape. Uh, UConn is on the fringe. Uh, so the Huskies are 16th in the pairwise. But uh, BU had a great weekend to put them in, in a good spot. Maine also with a, a sweep over Providence. The Black Bears are rising in the uh, pairwise. They're up to uh, number 31 as well. Uh, so uh, Merrimack with a, a sweep. Uh, their weekend up in Vermont, uh, UConn uh, split in the Connecticut Ice Tournament uh, down in Storrs. Uh, actually, that was at uh, Quinnipiac, to be uh, more precise. Uh, UMass with a loss. Providence and BC were swept. UMass Lowell winning their only game. And Northeastern and UNH had bye weeks. So uh, everybody will play this weekend as uh, we come to start to make our way down the home stretch. Well, there you go. And uh, it's getting very, very interesting. Uh, the, the standings we're talking about in uh, Hockey East, and, and still there are any number of teams that could win that uh, regular season crown, without a doubt. How about the the women's side of things, John? Uh, okay, well, Ken, over on the uh, women's side, we had uh, a, a fine week for BU. Both the uh, BU men's and women's team had a, su- a super weekend. BU with a sweep, so the Terriers are starting to rise in the standings. BU with uh, 31 points. And they're hot on the heels of UConn and BC. They're really the battle uh, from two right down to uh, five and six, really. Uh, it's going to be uh, so interesting. Vermont has a one-point lead over Providence. The Catamounts split last week. Providence had an undefeated weekend as they went 1-0-1. Uh, 
Uh, and uh, so the spots between uh, Vermont and Maine, the two through seven teams, are separated by uh, just 14 points. UNH will get back at it this weekend. The uh, Wildcats will be at Northeastern and then at Holy Cross. As uh, the, the, Right now, UNH is locked into eighth place. The Wildcats with a big win on the road yesterday down at UConn by a score of 3 nothing. So uh, the, the, the playoff uh, standings are uh, coming a little bit sharper into focus on the women's side. But I also wanted to mention, Ken, that uh, you know Merrimack has a two-game weekend this weekend on the men's side. I will be at the Whittemore Center on Friday night uh, for the game between Merrimack and UNH. Pete Webster and I are doing the game on ESPN+. Plus, so very important game in the standings for both teams, and I'm always looking forward to do a game at the Wit, and uh, that's going to be Friday night. Well, it is a great place to do a game from. There, there's no doubt about that. And to watch a game, uh, one of the uh, one of the great rinks in uh, in Hockey East, without a doubt. Uh, you have a great place in uh, North Andover. The uh, Lawler uh, rink is. Uh, I don't think you can get any closer uh, to a hockey game uh, than you can at the at the Lawler rink in North Andover. You're right on top of things. You you can almost reach out and touch the players. Yeah, that is an advantage. I think there's one other arena that comes to mind in terms of closeness to the ice and hockey East, and that's Alfond Arena up in Oran, Maine. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Lawler is a unique place. It's a uh, it's it's an intimate place. Uh, I mean, the capacity of it is about 2,500, and uh, when that place gets uh, packed, it gets loud, it gets rowdy, and it can be quite intimidating for a visiting team to come in there. So, uh Merrimack is in the midst of a, of a long road trip. It's a five-game trip that they're going to continue this weekend, and uh, they won't be home again until February 17th. But uh, you're right, Ken. Lawler is a is a real special place to watch a game. You're right. Nope, uh, it really is, and as is UNH, and uh, you'll, you'll be calling the game. Now, I, I don't know, and, uh, to have a chance to see you and Pete on uh, uh, ESPN+, Plus, uh, you know, I, I have to weigh it, uh, you know, whether I should actually go to the game or, or just uh, watch at home on on the big screen. Watch uh, ESPN Plus and you and Pete Webster because I, you know, it, it doesn't happen very often that you and Pete team up, and so yeah. I, I I I love to hear that combination of uh, two of my favorite broadcasters right there. Well, I appreciate that, Ken, and I have to give props to Mike Murphy, our mutual good friend. Uh, Mike reached out to me and asked me if I was available, and uh, of course with Merrimack not. Uh, doing the broadcast for the road games anymore. Um, you know, it just so happened that it worked out, and, and I'm grateful to him. And uh, I appreciate your kind words. Pete is uh, wonderful to work with. He's uh, he's Mr. UNH when it comes to hockey. Nobody knows more stories about the Wildcats than Pete. So uh, it's going to be a, a nice experience, and uh, I, I'm, I'm – I'm going to have to play it uh, as uh, as a UNH booster on Friday night, which which is okay. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to, to coming up there. Merrimack will head up to Orono, Maine on Sunday to finish up the road trip. But it uh, should be a fun week. No, no doubt about it. And in the meantime, you, you'll be getting ready for next uh, next Wednesday evening uh, in Concord. So, uh, so there you go. I, I don't think you're coming up here to announce your uh, candidacy for president, uh, but uh, <laughs> but but I, I think you'd be very popular, John, if you did. But uh, at any rate, uh, Wednesday night, next Wednesday night, one week from this Wednesday, which will be what the eighth uh, of February. Eighth of February, Ken. We're also going to celebrate your birthday as well. So that's. Uh... That's uh, definitely a reason in itself uh, to come up there to New Hampshire. So I'm very excited for that. Well, you know, I'll be there for that. 
<laughs> for sure, for sure. And it'll be a great crowd, as, as it always is, a very receptive crowd. And and uh, what what the great thing about John is most of the songs he is going to play, uh, people will know, and they will chime in. They'll get excited. They'll get up and, and sing and uh, sometimes dance. But uh, John, as always, we always say he whips the crowd into a frenzy, and uh, and he does. So there you go. John Leahy, we look forward to your visit uh, uh, this Friday night in Durham and uh, next Wednesday in Concord. Really making the rounds in the Granite State. I don't know. Can that uh, presidential bid be far behind? I don't know. John, thanks so much for all you do. Thanks. Thanks so much, Ken. I appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing you very soon. All right. Take care. John Leahy, King of Hockey East. Longtime voice of uh, Merrimack College Hockey and uh, doing a UNH Merrimack game on ESPN Plus this Friday. Well, thank you all very much uh, for tuning in. Don't forget, if you get that urge to play pickleball, uh, drop by the Green Street Community Center uh, anytime now between uh, now and noon. And then uh, tomorrow you can drop by the, the Citywide Community Center gym on Canterbury Road from 11 to 2. Lots of chances to play pickleball. Tomorrow we'll talk mental health with the former Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of New Hampshire, John Broderick. That'll be tomorrow, Kale & Company Live, WKXL, powered by Northeast Delta Dental.